You found yourself on another episode of Locked on Bulls. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Bulls getting a win over the Memphis Grizzlies. We're also talking about the buyout market for the Chicago Bulls and how it could be a little bit more difficult than just going out and signing a player. And lastly, AK says that the Bulls' ownership is open to a rebuild if he decides to do so. We're going to talk about all and more right after this. You are Locked on Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Bulls, member of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every single day. I'm Hayes, host and creator of the Windy, of the of Chicago Bulls and Chicago Bears Central. And it seems like Pat is on his way up as well. Uh, let's go ahead and get Pat up here. Where's Pat? There goes Pat. I can't hear you. Pat, there goes Pat, host and creator of the Windy City Breeze and host of the Chicago Bears podcast over at ESPN 1000. Uh, we still can't hear you, Pat, so I don't know what's going on there. Can't hear you at all, bro. And there goes Pat. Well, he'll be back. Uh, but, guys, so we're going to talk about this Bulls win over the Memphis Grizzlies. This game started off really rough for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, I mean, well, for the Chicago Bulls, they were down at halftime. They lost the first quarter 31 to 27. They ended up tying the second quarter. So they went down by four in that, in that, uh, after that first half, but the Bulls came out much like we've seen before with a much better game plan in the second half of this game. They limited the turnovers. And that was one of the biggest things in the first half that were really hurting the Bulls in this game was the number of turnovers that the Bulls had against the Memphis Grizzlies. And so they were able to kind of turn that around in a lot of ways to get those turnovers down, limit those second chance points by the Grizzlies. In the first half of this game, for example, the Chicago Bulls had nine turnovers and the Memphis Grizzlies were winning the points off turnover battle 16 to six. Then when you look at the second half of this game, it really did flip. Not, not didn't completely improve, but it did flip. They only had five turnovers in the second half of the game. And in the second half, we actually won the points off turnover battle nine to four. So just that change alone would have put the Bulls on top of the Memphis Grizzlies. But then when you look at other things that the Bulls did throughout this game, we out-rebounded the Memphis Grizzlies 46-34, to which definitely helped the Bulls get that lead. And then when you look at uh, second-chance points, we tied that 15-all. The Bulls had more fast-break points, 12-7. to And then the bench points, 35-31. to But considering how low our bench uh, scoring was in the first half of the game, it made sense that the Bulls did that also. It was it, Andre Drummond scored 21 points off the bench by himself. So we had 31 bench points. 21 of those came from uh, from Drummond alone. And this was just a game that the Bulls figured it out as the game went on and just and just improved. They got better as the game went on and, and the way that they played uh, better as a team, executing the defensive side of the ball better. All those things helped. Uh, the Bulls to be in a better position to be able to win this game. We'll put back, Pat back on once he come, once he's ready to go. Uh, and so the Bulls were able to do that. DeMar DeRozan led the way with 30 points today, going 11 of 17 from the field, three of three from three-point range. He also chips in eight rebounds, one assist in this game. And then you look at Kobe White, who had a bit of a slow start, still shot an effective uh, percentage from the field of six of 12 from the field, two of three from three-point range. He had six rebounds, eight assists in this game. And even when his scoring wasn't necessarily the best, which it wasn't really in the first half of the game, they really took the ball out of his hands in the first half. 
half where he only had eight points. Second half of this game, he had 12 points going three of eight from the field. Uh, but overall, just Kobe White still found a way to be productive. It wasn't as good as last game where he just went nuclear in the fourth quarter against the Timberwolves, but he played well enough down the stretch of the game to help his team put be in, put in a position of winning. And it wasn't just because of the scoring. It was his passing as well, breaking down the defense. Vooch had 20 points, nine assists, uh, nine rebounds in this game, five assists, and two blocks. One of Nikola Vucevic's better games of recent memory. He went seven of 19 from the field. Not not crazy or anything, but then Andre Drummond off the bench. And we did see more of Drummond and Vooch together, which we'll talk about here in a little bit in a second. Uh, but Vooch, uh, Drum went 10 of 11 from the field with 13 rebounds, 11 assists, one steal, one block in this game. And this was a ugly win by the Chicago Bulls against a Memphis Grizzlies team that's missing 10 players that are basically a big part of their rotation, uh, but they were still able to figure it out. And so got to commend them for that uh, ability to figure it out and uh, just just be uh, put themselves in a situation we're still waiting on Pat to come back, uh, to put themselves in a, in a situation and position to be able to win this game. Uh, do we got we got Pat back? Still can't hear you. See, listen, listen, listen. Pat has a producer named Joel, really good guy. Clearly, Joel is what makes that studio run. I'm going to throw a little shot towards Pat as he's getting it together. Pat, while Pat's figuring out his life right now, why are you taking me off the screen? As <laughs> Pat's figuring out his life right now. Um, but the Bulls, man, I, I got to commend them for how they win this game because we've seen the Bulls be put in situations like this before where they lost the game and just didn't have enough. And the Memphis Grizzlies didn't go away easily. The Bulls really didn't have this game uh, solid until about two minutes left in the fourth quarter is really when the Bulls had one of those leads that you just felt like wasn't going to be. There you go. There you go. There you go. It took you long it's, enough. It's, it's, it's real helpful if you turn on the mixer. Yeah, I mean, that's. Oh, that may help a little bit there, bro. Shut this, up. This is this is tad bit. How do you feel about this win, bro? <laughs> Listen, good win. I felt like the Bulls did what they needed to do. I thought that this was a game where um, they started off very slow, uh, and we were very. I think everybody was pretty much very concerned early on. Like we stuck around with continuity for this, but then kind of towards the end of that game, you saw them starting to click. You saw them start to lock in. I think the one thing that excited me the most about it was. Again, like you like you pointed out, right, that Kobe White did not start this game out lights out, but another game where you feel his impact on a consistent basis. You felt, you know, how he was able to facilitate the basketball, how he was able to get guys active on the defensive end. I really feel like his intensity and energy really contributed. And then DeMar DeRozan just being DeMar DeRozan, right, saying, listen, they kept me here. Let me show you what I can do if they do keep me here. I, I, I loved how the Bulls played here. In the uh, in in the first quarter of this, or in the uh, first game after the trade deadline, I thought that the second half of this really showed what this Bulls team can be. The first half left to, like most of us, we're we're all a little concerned about that first half. Yeah, I mean, especially when when you know you have a president of basketball operations that talks about how competitive you are, and you're being uh, you had a competitive win against a team that's like missing so many key pieces of that rotation. You know, that's it, it is what it is when it comes down to that, but. Uh, I do like the fact that the Bulls were able to get out a win, ugly win, but a win nonetheless. That's the most important thing is getting the dub, and the yeah. Bulls got that dub. And so 
you know, got to commend him on that. Here's the thing that I want to throw to you. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Drummond Vooch and Billy Donovan seemingly going to this uh, lineup a little bit more. How do you feel about those guys and how they play together in their minutes out there, which really kind of helped spark the Bulls to start turning some things around? Listen, I, I got to commend Drum. He did a good job keeping himself out of anything major foul trouble-wise. I thought he did a really good job of, of – played smart basketball. Right, yeah. like that. That's really all I'm asking of Drum. If you're going to be in the smart starting lineup, play smart basketball. Don't go out there and sit there and try and you know uh, um, send everything away, force everybody a certain way because you know how the officials are going to officiate you. I thought Andre Drummond played really, really smart basketball today, uh, and I thought it worked really well with Nikola Vucevic. And I'll say this, right? I I felt like this was a bit of. If you're a Bulls fan and you really wanted to see kind of what this lineup looks like versus a team that maybe can get after it a little more, you had more of an athletic four or five matchup in this one, right? Versus Rudy Gobert, you go, hi, mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert. He's not moving that much. He's not doing that much. I'm not worried about him as much. But versus uh, uh, um, the the combination that they kept swapping in there with Jaron Jackson Jr., of course, uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. getting in there a lot, which, hey, flashing the three to the bench, bro, mm -hmm. like, Hey, bro, you got too much stuff going on in your personal life to be talking any kind of trash. <laughs> Calm down, dog. We got we got a whole Jordan in the family out here. But anyway, uh, no, I, I just I, I feel like, you know, with more of an athletic combination that they were throwing at the Bulls in this one, it was really good to see how the combo of Drum and Vooch really worked together. I thought that they were um, a, a lot more simpatico, and it made it – it almost seemed like it made Vooch's life a lot easier. Right. All of a sudden, he's not worried about being down low as much because when you're running that small man lineup, Vooch is taking the threes. The best man down there to rebound is Torrey Craig and or Patrick Williams. Torrey Craig a lot better than that than P. Will is. In this situation, you ran that you run it with the two, the twin tower, I guess, kind of lineup. Right. Vooch pulled a couple of threes there that didn't go down. And Andre Drummond right there for the cleanup to kick it right back out. Vooch rolls down easy buckets. That's what you want that lineup to be able to do. And if the, if Drum can kind of figure out how to stay on the floor. I think that's something that maybe we can see more of. I'm good. I'm glad to see Billy Donovan testing it more than um, than we've seen him do in the past. Yeah, I mean, listen, especially when your roster isn't going to change, you need a little bit of uh, something. Uh, <laughs> this is the team, boys. This is the team. This is the team. So, you know, I'm glad that he's playing those guys a little bit more together and just seeing how it's working. As long as it is being successful, it's not going to be a lineup you can run against every single team, but uh, when it's being successful, you're either taking advantage of matchups or you're, you're playing to a team that has multiple bigs. I, I, keep it going. Yeah. Keep it going. So yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was a good uh, a good time to use it. I'll say facts. So uh, the Bulls, we talked a little bit about it after the trade deadline. I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, the buyout market and how the Bulls could be limited a little bit in that. We'll talk about that here after the break. Before we get into that, though, i got to talk to you guys about one of our sponsors, and that is eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, each week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. So on this list, he actually has uh, Ben Matherin, a player that me and you, got, me and you were both high on. Uh, you know, with, uh, you know, Buddy Hill now in Philly, this could open up even more minutes for Ben Matherin, a, a larger yeah. role to kind of need his scoring a little bit more. We know that they did bring in Doug McDermott back to that team, but a lot of that's probably going to go through Ben Matherin. And so with that added role, it would make a lot of sense for Ben Matherin to be on a lot of your guys' boards for your fantasy pickup because 
somebody who already has the dog mentality now with a little bit of increased role kind of it's taking a bit of a i don't know he hasn't necessarily made that step forward that some people expected after his rookie yeah yeah but even in the sophomore slump playing solidly it's okay you've seen it with io let's not get too down on him but really like buddy hill there and he could be a really good for your fantasy basketball team Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors has it, and with the eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items, and exclusions do apply. All right, Pat. So, trade deadline pass, as we already know, we talked about it. Broke it down right after the trade deadline, basically. And the Bulls did nothing. And now we pivot towards the buyout market, a market that, the Bulls should be very familiar with. Now, we know the candidates are pretty much going to be on there. We can talk a little bit. Uh, some other ones popped up since the last time. We got to talk about Danilo Gallinari did get bought out. There's talks of that young potentially being bought out as well. But there's something with the Bulls that could present a issue with going to the buyout market that we didn't talk about on uh, yesterday's episode, Pat. And that is the Bulls are only $1.7 million under the luxury tax. That's going to make it a little bit difficult to sign a player even at the buyout market because we know the Bulls typically don't go into the luxury tax. So here's the thing that I'm going to ask you, Pat. We know we can you can cut a Terry Taylor or anything like that. Yeah. Do you want to see – do you think the Bulls should, considering where the roster is and we're competitive, should really try to go to the buyout market? Or would you more so rather see – let's just give more players to, to uh, Julian Phillips, to Dale and Terry, uh, considering that. Or how do you feel about it? I would rather see the Bulls go to the buyout market because right now, Julian Phillips, while I would love to see him actually get more three-point shots, I don't know if that shot's going to be uh, confident every time. The mm-hmm. flip side of that is I know Dale and Terry can't shoot. That's, that's one of two things, right? So it's a, it's a question mark on one shot, and it's I know the other guy can't shoot, right? So yeah. to me, that is the conversation that you need to figure out. If you're going to go to the buyout market, to me, you're going for one thing. You're, you're going for somebody who's going to be corner spot up three. Can you knock down that shot on a consistent basis? You don't have that on your team right now. If you had that on your team, or maybe you do, and you're not utilizing it the right way, which I guess in that case, it wouldn't make sense to go to the buyout market. But I don't believe that you have that on your team right now, and that's the biggest issue that I believe the Chicago Bulls have is not being able to knock down the three ball on a consistent basis at a high clip, right? Mm-hmm. Like There's a lot of games where I look at it, and I'm like, man, if we could just knock down the three, we'd be blowing teams out of the water. You don't have anybody on your team like that. So to me, I think you do have to go into that buyout market and and try and find somebody who is like that. And I think this is a market that has so many names on it. You can't come out of it without one of those names. Like not to say amazing at every stop here, but like you're, you're talking about what Joe Harris, Monte Morris or uh, um, Markeith Morris, Marcus, I don't know. Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris is on there. Um, right. Like, uh, who Danilo Gallinari is now added to that list, right? Like a bunch of guys who shoot 38 to 40% from the three point line. You have to leave this buyout market with one of them. I know we want to have our young guys do more, but if you have young guys that are doing the same thing as the old guys, 
That's not good enough for this team. You need to be able to knock down the three ball at a higher clip than you can. And that's been the Bulls' problem for four seasons now. So you're basically saying we're leaving here with something. I'm leaving here with something, bro. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> sitting here like I'm I'm I, I I don't think that you can come out of this buyout market and not go get a shooter. I thought it was asinine to go not go get a shooter last season. Pat Bev worked yeah. out. I like Pat Bev. I, I I'm I was a Happy that he's got a Bulls jersey with Beverly on the back of it. He really did help the Chicago Bulls get back to where they wanted to be. But realistically speaking, right, you're not getting Zach. Like, I guess if, if Zach Levine was coming back this season, you would feel a little bit like, okay, maybe we can wait out. Maybe we can let the young guys play. Zach mm-hmm. comes back. He's a guy that can come back and be a spot of three-point shooter. You don't have anybody coming back that's going to be a three-point. Maybe Pat Will, right? But, like, is that is that what we're relying on, Pat Will in the corner for three? I don't see it. I think that's probably what it's going to be. Like, I, don't get me wrong. I would, there are bio well, candidates that. When you put it that way, yeah, there are bio candidates that can that can absolutely help us, right? You get you have three point shooters that are just great, like like uh, Seth Curry. Even though position, I guess there's always a position with Javon Carter. You can always get another guard to sit his butt down. But Danilo's a, a really good shooter over the course of his career for sure. Uh, you know, keep in mind the Bulls really did try to. He would have come here, but Boston offered him more money. He ended up yep. tearing his ACL and got moved around a couple of times Worked after out. that. <laughs> Joe Joe Harris Joe Harris is shooting bad this season, but a career what forty three percent from from the field. I mean, from a three point range could definitely help as well. Um, so you know, there are definitely players that can help you with that three point shooting. That math problem that we talked about has affected the Chicago Bulls in so many games. But I tell you what, one person I don't want to see them come out of this buyout market with is buyout BBL Kyle Lowry. No, no, I don't care BBL about Lowry with being DeMar available. Rose. Scares me so much, bro. Man, listen. no. You know he's somebody that they're looking at, dog. Like you know he's like, oh man, wait a minute, he's, what's he got back there? You know what I mean, has he still got anything in the trunk? Wait a yeah. minute, what are you guys talking about? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that, that's I, I, I'm concerned about uh, because it's it's Demar's boy. There's going to be a comfortability there. People are going to look at it and say, oh, Demar and 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 Kyle together to finish the season, veteran presence. What can he bring? He can bring nothing. He can bring his BBL and go home. That's all we got. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm good on Kyle Lowry. There's a couple of names I think that I'm good on on this list, but Kyle Lowry definitely to me is at the top of it. Uh, you know who else I'm good on? I, I think we said this earlier, but just to reiterate it, good on Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm. I'm at a peaceful place where I don't need him back on the Chicago Bulls. It. It, it felt bad every time he went to a team and cooked, but I'm good on Spencer Dinwiddie because you would be going to get him to write a wrong. Like, how does Spencer Dinwiddie fit on this team? I mean, like I said, as long as Javon Carter's here, you can make an argument for a point guard fitting on the team. You replace Javon Carter minutes with Spencer Dinwiddie minutes. Those are better minutes. This is, even with the down season that Spencer Dinwiddie's having. I'm just saying, bro. I can't argue it. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I can't argue it. I don't know what you want me to say on that. I guess in theory, yes. If Javon Carter's the next best that you've got, you should be definitely looking in the Dinwiddie. But I just I don't feel like. I don't feel like he's what the Bulls need, and I don't feel like he believes he's a backup point guard, which is why his numbers sky uh, or take a nosedive, I should say, whenever he is. Whenever they're like, hey, you want to sit off the bench and come? No, I don't. And he just like his numbers just take a, a huge dip. Even his his bench number, he's been horrible this season. So I'm good on Dinwiddie. I know like down the line he'll probably be playing well, and we'll all regret that comment. But I just I am personally. I, I think. 
if you're going to come out of this uh, trade deadline with anything, come out of come out of it with somebody who's used to being a bench spot up shooter. That name to me is Joe Harris. How how concerned are you though over Joe Harris's slump this season? Do you look at that as just being a role thing and inconsistent thing being on the Detroit Pistons team, or or is it is it concerning to you at all? Who's Joe Harris play for? Uh, he, okay. Uh, point made. Point made. Yeah, yeah. You want to play for him? <laughs> I mean, I could. I mean, yeah, you basically could at this point. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. Like, no, I I think Joe Harris's slump is tied to the fact that he's a piston. Okay. Just That's like fair. everybody else's slump is tied to the fact that they're a piston. <laughs> All right, cool. <laughs> it's a gross. Bring in, bring in Joe Harris. Hey, but remember, boys. Continuity's fine, baby. DNP did not participate in the trade deadline. All right, let's uh before we get into this final topic where we talk about I don't buy it. The owners being okay with the rebuild. We do have to tell you guys all about Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is the perfect for is perfect, I should say, for city drives and great escapes. Class exclusive Google built in is your always updating assistant to call for almost anything. Gone are the days of connecting your phone, Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen information system. The 2024 Rogue is perfect, is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Uh, The Nissan Uh, Some of the other great Nissan lineups also include the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder and, of course, 2024 Nissan Armada. Which one were you in on, Hayes? You were were big on one of those, weren't you? The Armada. Yeah, you're a big Armada guy. It seems like that. Uh, Take the Nissan Rogue, Pathfinder, or Armada and go find your next big adventure. ShopNissanUSA.com. That is, again, ShopNissanUSA.com. Aren't you glad you didn't have to talk about demon time? On that hey, one? bro, demon time has been crazy. <laughs> bro, that's I mean, listen, you want to make some money? Demon time. Wait a minute. What are you selling? I love that I was caught off guard seeing that in the ad read, and then you, you laughed about it, and then the very next time you had that ad read, you were like, wait a second. <laughs> I, that may be the ad read every time they leave demon time in it. I'm not going to lie. It might just be, hey, so we want to tell you guys about such and such. Demon time. Wait a minute. Who's sucking what? <laughs> oh man so one thing that came out man is that ak said that he has the full go from ownership if he choose to go full rebuild but he does not want to go full rebuild this was interesting enough because you know people have said you know that we've gotten the many quotes from jerry ryan's of that you you want to be just good enough right just good enough to give them hope going for re- rebuilds are tough and honestly the bulls you know, they've gone through re- several rebuilds over the last 20 years or whatever it's been, but how would you feel if AK did? I know we've talked about a lot about that it's not coming. We've seen AK's history, what he did with the different Nuggets, where he's come from, things like that. But if AK were to say, look at how the Bulls finish the season, and then we in the offseason, as soon as trade season starts, we see a series of trades that send the Bulls into a rebuild. How would you feel about that? I guess what's what's a rebuild look like, right? Is Kobe White still here? 
I would, I would, I would, yeah. I, I think at this point, a re, the way that I would think of a rebuild on this team would go is that DeMar Vooch, Drum, AC, Zach are all traded for whatever as many pieces you can get back, and we're just going to be young. It's, I, I guess, in the hypothetical conversation of it, right? Um, I, I don't have a problem with how AK's approach is. I have a problem with how AK is going about his approach. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with being in a middling team right now because middling teams can go up. Right. You get one player, you draft the right player, you uh, you you go out there and you sign the right player like you can go up. Bottom teams have a hard time going up. Bottom teams. Yes, you can go out there and you can get you a Wemby. You can go out there and you can get you a LaMelo ball. You can go out there and you can get you a Scotty Barnes. Where are those teams? Because last I checked, they're behind us. Right. And when you look at what the Bulls are doing right now and. It's not to say that I accept what AK did today at the trade deadline. I think three years of not making moves is just absolutely sitting on your hands at this point. But the Chicago Bulls, post their 4-15 and 15 start to the season, have a 60% win percentage. Yep. If they continue that, they finish the season out with 42 wins. 42 wins is very mid. It does not put you over the top. But starting off 4-15 and 15 and finishing your season with a – 50 or 60 percent win percentage that would put you at what would that be 36 and 23 right to finish your season i think i did the math right on that that sounds right I'm not, I, I, that's not a bad finish to the season why is the booty warrior on the screen bro what's going on you're behind us i said adam what's happening bro what's going on you're behind us this is first concerning <laughs> jesus christ uh but no <laughs> For the people on the podcast side, it's just like what? <laughs> but no, I, I just I honestly feel like right if if you can say that you started off a season four and fifteen and you finished out right whatever that I think like I said thirty six and twenty three I think is how it would it would finish our 30, 36 and twenty six but either way ten games above five hundred somewhere in there. Yeah, I can see why you would want to retool some of the older pieces, but I don't think you would go full rebuild, and I don't think that. Our version of what a rebuild is, bottoming out, is what the Bulls' version of a rebuild is. We'll see. I, listen, I, 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 this is the way that I look at it, is that you can retool on the fly. You yeah. can do a major retooling. You can do a minor retooling. Um, and I think that that is probably the route they're going to go first. But at some point, if if you don't, have success and start having more of that you're going to have to do something different now that may not come via a full rebuild that may come hey we've accoladed we've accumulated a lot of these young pieces that are decent let's go ahead and package a couple of first round picks and go out and get an actual star that's disgruntled somewhere that may be what happens but i I don't i just go ahead i I was gonna say i I think the other thing too is you have to also think and again i'm i'm as upset as everybody is that we did nothing at the trade deadline but I'm just trying to after I after I get my aggression out, I want to figure out why we did it. Mm. The Milwaukee Bucks are on pace, on the same pace we're on. They just started the season better. We had a player basically say, I don't want to be here, and, and the team went in the tank. But through the month of from December 1st to where we are right now, the Milwaukee Bucks are on the same pace as us. Boston Celtics are an anomaly. Philadelphia 76ers are on a similar pace as us. Um, a lot of the top teams in the East are on a similar pace as us. 
I would say a retool makes a lot more sense because you go sign and trade maybe with DeMar DeRozan. You go uh, uh, move on from Vooch, right? Or I'm sorry, move on from uh, Drummond and uh, bring up Adama Sinago. But I, I don't think that you go completely away from what you're doing. I don't think that you go – I just don't see AK doing that because I literally, after the deadline, I was just like, why the heck would he even think that this is okay? And I was like, okay, what have the Bucks won? What are the – what are the uh, uh, um, the, the there's a difference there. Let me, let me point out the difference there though is is that they have legit superstars on those yes. teams. Yes. So that I mean that that creates a little bit of a different dichotomy between it. But I get what you're saying in theory that the Bulls, the win pace that they're on there, I think yeah, we're one of like four teams with a 60% win percentage since December 15th or whatever it is. And okay, cool. But those teams still have something that you look at and say it's going to get you a little bit further. So yes. Uh, I get, I like I said, I completely understand what you're saying, but I think at some point you have to ask yourself, like, either you're going to build this team that the depth and the sum of the parts are going to get you further than teams with some superstars on it, or eventually you're just going to have to say, hey, listen, we got some really nice players here, but we need a star. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, and I, I think that's the one thing to me that I look at with the Bulls where – Again, I guess the conversation is since that same time, right? I believe Kobe White's averaging 24, 6, and 5. Something like is, that. Is he moving towards that? Is he the one that you look at and say, okay, now I can build around him? And I think that's the conversation that everybody's having. I, I want to build around Kobe White as the next guy. You still need to add. There, there's still a ton of holes on this team. I'm not sitting here telling you that you're in a good place. I don't condone him not doing anything since August 31st of 2021. Right. Or whatever it was, something like that. Like, I, I I think that that's asinine. I think that it's an absolute joke that that we haven't seen more movement from this team or at least more movement that feels like it puts you in the right direction. But if you I, I guess. Would you say this is a chip in the chair type of season because of how it started? And what I mean by that is the Bulls record will not tell you how good this team can actually be in a seven game series. Yeah, the record isn't going to tell you much as how they compete against top teams. And I think even that leaves some to be desired because we've seen how we've, you know, competed at times. But I think this team is still growing. And I think that's the thing that's hard to see. You have a, a player that has become your number one option in Kobe White in a lot of ways. That This is his first year being that. And so you're not going to really be able to tell exactly what you have here even throughout the season without then seeing, like, how does he now build upon that because one thing about Kobe he's done the last three years is build upon what his season's been. So coming out next season, seeing how, how much if Kobe starts off the season, like he eventually worked into, cause he started off slow. It wasn't until about the end of November. He started really putting it together. And then December is where he just had that month where it just, it all came together. Then if he starts off the season, then we're going to start off the season with Zach Levine. Zach's back healthy. If he's playing a role, realizing he needs to fit in, you never know. <laughs> We'll see, man. I mean, listen, it, I don't know how much longer Bulls fans are going to put up with the just be competitive. And it's not to say that, it, it, listen, you, we're going to have to sit through it. Everybody's always like, oh, my goodness, we just stopped going to the games. They're not going to stop playing basketball. They're not going to change their course. Hitting their pockets to me is, is a great conversation to have, except I'm a Sox fan and Jerry Reinsdorf also owns that team. And we don't go to those games. Listen, they're, you can get they're building a for like stadium. 15 bucks. Bro, they're building, you know, you can get them for a dollar. Oh, that's uh, by the end of the crazy. season, you can get them for a dollar. They're building a new stadium. Nobody goes to the games. They're building a new <laughs> stadium for us to go watch a hundred losses in. 
I mean, at least, at least you're going to have state-of-the-art facilities to watch 100 losses in. I was good just having good food in there. That's all I was worried about, man. I don't know. That's I what, just, hey, listen, I, as somebody who's been to a lot of stadiums a, a, around the country, one thing about Chicago stadiums, there's always good food. In, there's in always good there. food there. Yeah. There's always good food there. Man, you can Even the Sky up. Games, they have really good food. That's how you know it's legit. Yeah, I mean, listen, you look at the Sox games. I mean, you can sneak anything into your stomach, basically. I mean, I mean, we've seen that. That's that's been proven. That's keep that iron on you. Hey, I yeah. uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. Hit the like, hit that like button, subscribe to the page. You can follow us on everything at Locked Up Boys. You can follow me on everything at Pat the Designer. I'm not home, so I can't play the music. I mean, oh. Hayes has the music, but Hayes oh. got a little freestyle, or I'm off base. I think I think it I think it's off beat. If I it do don't it. matter, do it. You gotta right, well, still do it. Here we go. For that one, you gotta get the reference for that one. The gap under the belly fat that was a bar, low key. I mean, wow, that was a Chicago reference right there. You gotta get the <laughs> you gotta be in the city to know, to remember that. I can't believe yeah, that no. woman snuck in that gun under her belly fat. But thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Bulls. We are free and available on every podcasting app and platform of your choice, as well as YouTube for Pat the Designer. I'm Hayes. This has been Locked on Bulls, man. We up out here. Peace, y'all. Peace. Get on his belly fast.